Matthew, you're back. We're back. We are back. We're back. We're back to once cook. again with the ill behavior. Oh yeah. Well, that that's what this podcast is all about, ill behavior. Or it's something to do with horror movies or something like that. Um and this week we're going to be covering ooh, Scream 6. It's, we're 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 practically up to date. We're we're doing the most recent horror movie we can think of. Fingers on the pulse. Fingers on the pulse sort of thing. Yeah, it's um it's going to be exciting that. So um ring 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 ring. Hello. Who's this? It's Matthew. Tell me, Matthew, do you like scary movies? Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's the point of all this, I think. Oh, well, enjoy your stupid podcast. I will. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Oh, that was weird. Let's go on with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. Now, what are those horror sandwiches I hear you ask while you are waiting to be served the horror sandwich? Well, each week we cover a lovely movie, which is the filling, surrounded by chatty, topicy goodness. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Yes, us. Yes, so I well, you've been somewhere, so that's was that was that the greeting for that? Uh, that is Greek for well, it's sort of a, a greeting, yeah. Oh, lovely, it's like a Greek hello there, hello there, yeah, oh, lovely, <laughs> Greek Obi Wan Kenobi. And I'm sure, I'm sure he's a lovely chap, he just enjoys more olive oil than the other one, mm. yeah. That was a bit of a weird thing to say. Um, oh, so. Let's get into this. I've got two things to talk to you about. Okay. Number one. I'm raring to go. Number one. We've now got, I think, an official game of the podcast. It's not horror related, but I am now also obsessed with Power Wash Simulator. Yes. (laughs) Where are you up to? Uh, I've just started cleaning a thatched house or like a, like a, uh, yeah, it's like a sort of. I, I, I can't even. I can't even think of it. It's, it's not actually thatched, but it looks like it should be a cottage in the middle of nowhere. So that's what I'm doing. Like, uh, like a Hansel and Gretel. Type, yes, yes, yes. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you got some. You got some good stuff to come then. Yeah. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm really enjoying it. It's like. Um, I think you've said this already. It's also. It's a game that shouldn't work, but it's entirely addictive. Um, and I really, really enjoyed cleaning the firehouse. That was my favourite one so far. I, I was a big fan of the firehouse and the skate park, I think, were, were my two favourites. Ah, yeah. Uh, the treehouse was also quite good. Though. I don't think I got to the treehouse. The one I hated so far was the back garden. Like, there was a backyard, and it was there was just a lot of... Um... But I've upgraded my power washer since then, so maybe it'd be easier. Yeah, once you've uh, once you've completed the story and you come back... Then uh, you can use your, your high tech tools, and that, that back garden is much more enjoyable. Then, oh, lovely! Oh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's the official game. Well, not official, we're not sponsored by Power Wash Simulator, but um, 
uh, pretty damn good. I'm I'm happy to give them free advertising. They've <laughs> they've earned it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like having a job but enjoying it. Um, <laughs> imagine that. I think I think my colleagues listen to this, so no, I I love my job. Oh, okay. I do actually like my job. To be fair, yeah. they're a good bunch. Well, lucky for you. Uh, I like my colleagues. I don't think I listen to this. I hate them. Uh, no, I do like them. Shut up. Um, right, so the other thing to do is, of course, it's become a bit of a tradition now to talk to you about what Ben Wheatley's I've been watching. We're on Wheatley Watch. We're on Wheatley Watch. Oh, that's much better than whatever I said it was. Um, so let's... Well, I, talk, I watched two things, but I wanted to talk about a field in England. Um, because... I watched it and I wasn't a fan, but what I will say is my little brain started cooking it um, after watching it and I went back in and improved my review because um, I think I appreciated it a lot more than I thought I had. And I also tend to think that if your brain sits with something for a while, then it, it has made a bit of an impact on you. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a lingerer, isn't it? It's, yeah. It, it's hard one to make head and a tail about just what it's about full stop, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of deliberately obtuse and freaky. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but my brain was genuinely cooking. Like, I almost woke up. Uh, I'm, I, am, I realize I'm not my brain and my brain isn't someone else, but I woke up feeling like I'd, I'd crack something like because um, a lot of the characters are referred to in a, in certain ways, like, you know, specifically like a coward, a sort of uh, an idiot and someone who's, you know, just sort of like a, a soldier. And yet through all throughout the film, they don't actually display characteristics that are suited to those. I, I don't think. Um, aside from the guy who's a coward is running from someone who's trying to kill him, which I feel is sort of smart rather than cowardice. So, yeah, there's a lot of being, I felt like being defined by, you know, what you do in life rather than, um, no, not what you do in life, but like your station in life rather than uh, what you actually do. Yeah. So, yeah, because there's a lot of the, like the roles reversing quite early on and stuff. Mm. And it all feels like they're all in these positions arbitrarily. And yeah, I, I I think as well, the other thing is that it's got that thing I spoke about last week, you know, like about how we have this British folklore tradition about just the earth. And it's, yeah, yeah. Like it literally is just this field and that's it. That's weird. <laughs> and like, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a type of thing that would translate to like other countries, but I don't know. You, you kind of just get it here. You kind of feel it, mm. uh, and I don't know if that's just because of you know all the stuff that we've been brought up on over the years that we we just kind of you know have this instinct that we've developed. Or cause, I mean, if it's not that, then it'd just be actual field magic which i don't think's real but you know who knows yeah it was uh it, it, it was good and i specifically enjoyed the moments where it was just they were getting almost like a picture taken and we just stood in specific spots which uh yeah i think that uh the scene with like michael smiley just 
riding Rishius with like a horse and <laughs> like that's I don't know I, I still don't know whether it's terrifying or hilarious but it like it's somewhere in between isn't it and yes yeah. yeah so um very I think next or rainy autumn night I think I'm going to get that back on yeah I think I'm going to have to give it another watch because like I say my brain was was cooking it oh, it's such a, like a weird thing to say but it was uh you know sort of on the boil and um as I've, as I've said, I think if if a movie can stick with you long enough that you think about it, I think it, it does. Um, it's definitely worth the effort. Um, so yeah, watch that. Right. Well, that's very good. That was like it was like preamble that, but there was very little hilarity. We're not a hilarious podcast, are we? We won't say we were a comedy podcast. Maybe we are. I don't know. Um, I'd say we we get like one zinger in an episode. Oh, one zinger per episode. If we're lucky. We, we're not KFC then. Ah, brilliant. Um, and that was it. That was the one. That was it, yeah. We, we've used it early today. So let's get into the first slice of bread, the podcast proper. So a little while ago, I put out on the Facebook group what slices of bread you'd like to see. And uh, our man, Alistair, who's been on a couple of times, king of the pod, um, he did say um, suggestions for people just starting out in movies. And um, I listened to another a, a, a Patreon episode of of um, from Paul Salt, who was also on here. Oh, I'm, I'm really grabbing different things and on sharing the love. On there, they did a sort of uh, a generally fun episode about curating a movie night, but theirs was done randomly. So I thought we could sort of combine the two. So what we're going to do here is. We're gonna um, we're gonna put a little movie night together. We'll pick three movies each for people who are starting out in um, in movies. But we're gonna do this over a couple of weeks. Um, so this week we're gonna do sort of fun movies, nothing particularly um, scary. Um, and next week we're gonna put together actual scary movies. Um, yeah, the spooks are coming. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> it's it's actually uh harder than you think. Do, or did you find it easy? I, I no, I I did really struggle with this one. Uh, I think probably because I'm trying to imagine who this this person is mm-hmm. really, uh, because like they're they're a beginner to film, but. If we're showing them horror films, they've got to be at least sort of 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of pitched mine at someone who's, you know, an, an adult uh, with sort of a current working knowledge of what's going on in film. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like knows what's in the cinemas, has, you know, will maybe go three or four times a year. So, but doesn't touch horror. So that that's where I'm pitching mine. Mm-hmm. Well, I have gone down the route of, um, well, I ultimately ended up picking a theme, which is that my theme is technology. Um, okay. But I sort of, I started off thinking about gore and whether gore should be included or whether, and then 
I sort of thought, well, if someone's come along to me and said, look, I'd like to watch a horror movie, you, you can't escape it forever, can you? So, um, no, that's very true. So, yeah, I, um, well, let's get, let's, let me get into it. So, um, so yeah, I've gone down a sort of technology hole. Um, so I'm actually starting with the very, very recent Mithrigan. Um, okay. Because I think it's got, some lovely scary vibes about it. It's not overly gory. Um, it's got a pretty decent, a pretty general storyline, but it also fits, I think, a good horror movie model. Um, it hits certain beats, I think, that you'd expect to see. Um, yeah. And it's it was sort of generally a good, entertaining film. I think if someone was watching it, they wouldn't, find it particularly horrific i mean unless of course it's quite broad in its appeal isn't it yeah unless of course they were really don't like that uncanny valley in which case um this is not for you <laughs> um but then i'm gonna follow that up with the very hilarious 80s movie chopping mall um have you seen chopping mall no but it is one that you have mentioned in the past yeah chopping mall um the more i see it the more i like it it's it is an eighties movie. It's very very dumb. Yeah, it's an eighties movie. It's very very dumb about robots killing people in a shopping mall. There's no chopping in it. I can tell you that for now. Um, there's zero chopping, but it's very fun, very quotable, um, easy to watch. It's got a little bit of gore in it, uh, um, including a head explosion. I think. But nothing too bad, you know. It wouldn't. It, it's not a one of the sort of movies where you'd turn away and go, mm, "No, that's not for me." Um, so yeah, Chopping Mall. Like I say, it's it's got good characters, um, uh, and boobs, perhaps, which is important. Oh, I mean, that which is important. Yeah, which is you get a thirteen-year-old boy, and there you go. You've you've won them over straight away. Which is um, yeah, very. Um, very important. And so the last one I'm going for is on the edges of horror, actually. Um, but it is it is a horror movie. So I'm actually finishing my night off with Upgrade. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I think Upgrade's definitely a horror film. Um, it's a lot like watching a Black Mirror episode. Um, so I think, you know, again, it's an easy segue into horror. Um it's got some good violence in it, good gore. Um, and it's also got what I would say is definitely a sort of downbeat horror ending, um, but not particular, not not one of the really, really downbeat ones that makes you sort of question why you like this genre, um, but just enough to go, oh, that wasn't a happy ending, which sort of is definitely today's horror trope. So, and it's, it's good. It, it's good. Ac- it's sort of a good action film as well, actually. Um, so it fits into lots of neat little packages. So that would be my um, that would be my move, movie night. Um, what I will say is, I <laughs> what I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to have the babysitter involved <laughs> at some point, but I couldn't. I started thinking down themes, and I couldn't think of anything that fit around it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm actually really pleased with 
what I've come up with. I think uh, I think it would suit people just starting out with nothing too hard. Um, and of course, it fits a theme which I gave myself for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, having seen two of those films, I, I think we'd be in for a, a fun evening there. Yeah, and yeah, I think you are. You, you're going. You're going very gentle on the scares, aren't you? I think you've you've got a a, a nice way to ease people into this one. Yes, yeah. Um, well, that was my, that was my general thought. I think um, it's it going to be harder doing the scarier ones, but also I think um, well, I was I was I, when I was sat wondering, I was thinking, do you, could you introduce somebody new to horror films to watch something? And I'm not saying this would be on the fun, but for something like a paranormal activity, or do you think that would be too boring for somebody just starting out? Because a lot of these movies are slow burns. You know, a lot of the really good ones are slow burn. Um, I don't know. It's a bit, of a, a bit of a tricky one, I think. I think it depends on sort of what the payoff is. Yeah. I reckon if you showed Blair Witch to a, to a new viewer now, I think you're probably not going to get all that much out of them. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're, I think we're a bit more accustomed to the crash bang wallet than we we were and I think that the scares of I think we demand a little bit more from the scares now. I think there's I think subtlety's there, but it's not quite as subtle as it yeah, yeah, yeah. you know as it would in, in some of those those films. Uh well, I mean, I mean, I, I only watched Paranormal Activity for the first time fairly recently. It didn't really grab me no, right. in in that way, and it might just be oh, no, no. I would say it might just be the found footage thing, but it, it's it's not because I think like Hell House really grabbed me. Uh, so I, I'm hard to put my finger on what it would be. I think that's the thing about those movies, though. If it doesn't grab you. You're buggered, you know. Especially with with found footage movies, if it can't pull you in, there's no, you know, and you're not gonna, you you can't do that with all of them, especially with those kind of movies. Because if you watch it in the wrong mood, you you know, it don't it don't work out. Which is why I sort of avoided, I think, partly going down that road because you know you really have to catch someone in the right frame of mind. Um, you know, like. Uh, going off topic a bit here, but there's obviously the, the most recent Skinema Ring, which I think if you get generally invested in is pretty scary, but if you can't get invested in it, it will do nothing. It, in fact, it would be boring. Um, yeah, that, that's that's one that I I think I, I need to view. Is that I've not I've not seen that one yet. So what what what. Uh... What frame of mind do you think you need to be in to pick that one up? Um, I just I think it's just one that you need to be able to know that you're not going to be distracted. Um, okay, it, it, you have to be fully engaged with the screen, and I, I mean, I would personally put it down as a as a sort of headphones small screen movie, but then that's not really. I know you don't really go for that, but um, no, I think it, there's, there's certainly a time and a place for it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm interested to find out what um how much popcorn I'm consuming at your movie night if I am. Well. Yeah, well, I thought for mine 
I actually went a bit personal on this because I, again, fairly, fairly new to horror uh, as a genre mm-hmm. myself. I mean, sort of, I'd say only really the last five years or so. So I, I kind of have first-hand experience of this. So I, I went with a couple that, that, well, that did it for me in mm. this thing. So, like I said before, you kind of need to go fairly modern, I think, with this because you're gonna want p like you kind of have to work backwards, don't you, mm-hmm. with with films. I think if you showed uh, he showed someone who's seen a lot of films from the modern day era and then take them right back to Citizen Kane without anything in between. <laughs> it's just, there's going to be a huge disconnect there. Right. Yeah. So like the only either way you is like go back gradually or start from the beginning and work forward. But obviously, you know, neither way is really ideal. So I have gone modern with it. So the first one, which I think is one that, that really kicked my horror fun going was it chapter one right yeah because i think that is it's basically just a really good monster movie mm-hmm. and i think monster movies are something that you don't really you don't need any introduction to it's just we all know what monsters are we all have an idea what monsters are it's simple but there's plenty going on and it's just, you know plenty of scares in there too so it's you know it's a really mm. it's really solid horror film you know in terms of that it's got an appeal to quite a young audience uh so it's a young person i think is going to watch it and be really scared and then sort of the older you get you just, i think you're going to appreciate it just as much but in slightly different ways yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a good one actually because um, the kids in that lend it lend it a sort of uh, sort of a Goonies esque feel. Um, so it does that sort of ad- it, it's like an adventure, really, is an adventure monster movie, but it is quite scary. So yeah, no, yeah, it's got that great crossover. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good shout. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And then for for my second one, I'm I'm changing the tone quite significantly. No. Um, we're going for more of a uh, again, it's it's broad appeal, but it's it's more of a a slow tension film rather than dreads. Uh, so jump your jumps or your big uh, big scares, and I'm going to say a quiet place. All oh, right, yeah, 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 because I think that's. I remember just being in the cinema for it. And at the start of the film, you know, you, you have a look around and you see everyone with the huge bags of snacks and whatnot. And I don't think anybody touched them throughout the whole film. <laughs> you know, it's a film that really, really drew people mm. in. And that whole, you know, the way that it all plays with sound, it's it's really engrossing. And I think that's... You, you want people in this situation to get suckered in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a really good film to do that. Mm. And and again, you know, it's got that, that story of, you know, while it has friendship, a quiet place has family, and it's got a really nice through line there. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's another, another basically, monster movie, isn't mm. it? It is. 
Yeah. It's a good, no, that's a good shout, that one. It was, and it's definitely uh, sort of an introduction to tension. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then for my last one, I've thrown everything that I've already said out the window <laughs> because Evil Dead 2 is an absolute must because it's just the perfect horror for non-horror people, I think. Because if you're not interested in getting the scares, you'll find it funny. (laughs) And if you do want to get scares, you'll get some of it out of it and also find it funny. So it's... (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a film that anyone can enjoy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was on my sh- it was on my sort of shortlist until I I started um, I started building around chopping more really. <laughs> um, yeah, no, really good. Ah. so they're they're my three. That's what I'm going for. Well, that's um, that's lovely. I think we've uh, I think we've really. Um, We've really hit on something there. I, I, oh yeah, no. So I'm interested to um, start start researching it myself. Which uh, which scary movies I think would uh, would suit be- beginners. I think as a taster, I think I'm probably thinking Poltergeist. Um, but again, that's based on personal um, you know history with horror. But uh, yeah, lovely. So that's the first slice of bread. I really enjoyed that. That was a enjoyable, delicious. Slice of bread. No gluten-free options here. Unless, of course, you are gluten-free, in which case it was gluten-free. I don't know. Uh, it's, not, it's not a real sandwich. Don't worry about it. Um, so, right, let's get into the, the the what is it? The, um, the, mo- the, the movie, the delicious, delicious Scream 6 filling. Oh, six of these films has been. So, uh, Scream 6, 2023. Now, before I get into all the, oh, this is who made it and all that stuff, um, you're about, what, an hour after seeing it, maybe? Two hours? Uh, some, something like that, yeah. I'm, I'm fresh out of the fresh cinema. Out of the cinema. And I only saw it last night. So I'm curious to know, before we start unpacking it, what your initial gut reaction is. I, f- I had a whale of a time. Mm-hmm. I really had fun. Yeah. But it's probably not as good a film as that feeling suggests. Right. Okay. Like, there's, there's definite drawbacks to it. Mm-hmm. Well, but I had a lot of fun. I can tell you that I did not like it. Um. Uh, and but we'll we'll get into that. I think throughout the talking about it. But my initial sort of gut reaction to it, I think I will watch it again. Is that it didn't do a lot for me. Um, so let's get into this. So this is, like I say, Scream 26. Scream 26? Jesus, have we got that far? One day. <laughs> One day we'll be on Scream 26. Um, so this movie has been directed by Matt Bettinelli, I think. Olpin. Matt Bettinelli Olpin. Um I might have butchered that. Tyler Gillet or Gillet, whatever you want. Probably more like Gillet, um, but I'm from Yorkshire, so it's Gillet. Um, and let's see. So the budget is somewhere between 33 and $35 million, and currently it's 
box office around 67.1 million, which I think not has not Creed 3 off the top spot, um, which is a surprise, I, I would say. It's quite a big opening, that, I think, for a screen movie. Or maybe it isn't. Um, but I'm surprised. Well, the, the, the last one did... I don't have the numbers to hand, but the last one did do very well, didn't it? Well, that's why they yeah they got this one out so quickly. I think the last one had a smaller budget, but then I guess the last one wasn't in New York. Um, although, so this stars uh, Melissa Barrera as Sam, Jenny Jenna Ortega as Tara, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy, Mason Gooding as Chad, um, Jack Champion as Ethan, Liana Liberato as Quinn. Uh, Devin Nakoda as Anika, Dermot Mulroney as Detective Bailey, Hayden Pantier, I think that's how you say it, as Agent Kirby Reed, um, and Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. Um, so, uh, I think for everyone listening to this, we're probably going to jump. Um, we're probably going to hit spoilers straight away so but i imagine if you're listening to this you've seen the movie and you want to hear what someone's got to say about it um yeah if you, if you haven't see it and come back to us yeah because yeah. i was thinking Cause... about doing non-spoilers and spoilers but i feel like i feel like it sort of um it doesn't lend itself to that not really I think as well, I, I because I'm so fresh out of the cinema, I don't really have notes for this one, so <laughs> I would just inevitably trip over myself and say something I shouldn't. Well, I mean that it, it doesn't matter anyway because I really want to start with um, the start. Um, so we started with, and I forgot to write the name of the actress down. Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving, who you picked as your killer. The, well, they. They they broke the ITV Sunday night rule, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. But they, they kind of did, and then they kind of did it again. So it was, they really, they, I mean, they, they listened to me, obviously. Yeah, they must have been. They must have because tuned into this podcast. So I, I did say Samara Weaving, and I did also say that the uh, the fellow who was in uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and Spider-Man, whose name I've, I've completely forgotten, which feels very rude. But I said that, you know, they were the likely options for this yeah and you know uh tony revelori ah there you go so flash thompson so they you know they were going to be the the options and you know one of them got the drew barrymore role which is pretty cool and the other one you know was a killer who was then bumped off immediately yeah so here here was something that was vague not vaguely interesting. Here was something that was interesting is that they, they, uh, he commits his first kill. Um, and I was watching it and immediately I thought to myself, he's going to take that mask off now. Um, which initially I thought that's really interesting for them to totally break the trope and say, Oh, look, here we are. This is how it's starting. You know who you're dealing with. Um, they were going to do a, a Columbo style who done it. Um, sort of. Well, no, because uh, one of the problems I had with this movie is it was highly predictable. Um, so I sort of was watching it, going, "Well, he's not surviving this situation." Um, so, but uh, 
but it would have been interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I that that is where I thought it was going to go with the first thing. It's like, oh, instead of the the film going throughout, a, you know, through a, a who done it like they usually do, we were going to know who was Ghostface from the start. Maybe you know we'd we'd find out who the accomplices later along the line. Yeah. Uh, but no, they they wrong footed me again, and we just had. Basically, two scream openings, didn't we? We did, we did. Um, and I didn't mind that. I'd say, as a general, the set pieces, the killing in this, um, I thought was generally pretty good. Um, let's see, it's hard. I, I because I've only seen it once at the cinema, I'm the same as you, my notes are a bit all over the place. Um, what the f- so I would say that I'm, I'm going to come in with a criticism then myself straight away. Right. In that we, this is, I we mentioned before that your know, scream isn't always just set in in Woodbury. You know, they, they they have moved around now and again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was the first time that they were in this sort of big, broad environment, and. They, they just didn't do enough with the location for me. Mm, I agree. You know, they, they did. Okay, we're, we're in New York, and then they go, okay, so we'll take off a bodega, we'll do a scene there, <laughs> do a scene on the subway. And, you know, they, like, for, for want of a better phrase, they paid lip service to Central Park, didn't they? You know, yeah, they, yeah, they, they yeah. sort of wandered around there, but didn't really do anything, you know. Why? Like they didn't. Okay, it's expensive to film there, but there was no Times Square. You know, there was so many of these, you know, famous New York landmarks that that we could have had fun with, or you know, just just taking it to the streets a bit more. And and they never really did that. So, you know, they they made a big deal about going to New York, and like it, it could have just been anywhere, really, couldn't it? It could have. I've written that on my on my list. Basically, not enough New York. Uh, like you say, it could have been anywhere. Could have been anywhere. Um, which was, yeah. You know, there, there are lots and lots of cities that have shops and you know public metro systems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't. Um, it certainly wasn't used to its full potential. I think it, all it really was was. Oh, we're in New York now. Okay, fair enough. If that's what you want. <laughs> um, I found myself this time caring very, very little about the characters. Um, I sort of enjoyed this core four idea, but like uh, Sam, Tara, Mindy and Chad, those four who are like the core four, um, I sort of, I wasn't invested in them at all. And like, I was just, I wouldn't say I was rooting for them to die, but I wasn't rooting for anyone to live either. Um, I broadly agree, uh, but I do think that Chad's a really good character. I think yeah, there's something about him just very likable mm. for me. Uh, yeah. You know, he's like a, a kind of a sweetheart, but also this stereotypical you know, high school jock sort of mm. thing. Uh, and I, yeah, I think he's, he's a character that's 
or if not the character, the the actor just puts a, a bit more depth into it than is probably there. Yeah, I think it's it's just a nice uh, nice character there. But but broadly, I, yeah, I, I don't. I think General Ortega is the one that's you know picked out for for fame, and she she's going on to. Yeah, that, right, to yeah. to do great things, yeah. but the character just feels the all the all just feels sort of a little thin, thinly written, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Sam, for example, who we know from the first one, and it's it's in this one. It's sort of wrestling a bit with um, certainly a psychosis. She's not actually been haunted by Billy, but. Um, there's there's something in that and something more they could have done with that and I think um, although I think they're trying to somewhat toe the line between you know they don't want Billy to end up being some sort of hero even if that makes sense Um, because you do sort of find yourself going go on inspire her to kill people Um, or at least protect herself by killing people which she sort of does but um, yeah Let's see. What else have I got written down? Um, I was I found myself incredibly annoyed at the um, at Mindy's uh, expression of oh now we're in a franchise. I know that I was like they don't need to do this. There are certain rules for a franchise. It's like no, there aren't. There's no rules for a franchise (laughs) aside from uh, the only thing that she said was I think that. Any any of the characters can be done in because they're just moving it along to for the sake of moving it along. But I wasn't a big fan of that. Um thing is it was also just like pointless to say because who who are the, the legacy characters that were there? There's there's Courtney Cox and that, that's it. Yeah. You know, the the they brought in Kirby, who you know is, is in a previous film, but she's not a character that has been through all of the films that we've been through. She's just she just did one film, and they, and they they brought the actress back. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that that's where this this big thing was missing because it was it was missing Neve Campbell so badly mm. because so much of the appeal of scream and we said it when we did the episode and again just counterbalancing what we said about the you know the new characters that they were so rich and we've been on this journey with them for what 25 years yeah and now we've got neve campbell who they like sydney just gets the short shrift oh she's She's legged it this time. All right, so all those other times that she, you know, she realizes she has to do the right thing and, you know, help out people that they're just gone now. Now she's she's just chickened out. Uh, you know, we've got to Gail who she basically just turns up a little bit to move the plot along and then gets taken out. Yeah, and do Dewey died in the last one. It's like you've you've replaced these characters with just kind of nothing to really care about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, 
it's like they've offered us fodder, but they they they're not willing to um, off them. Um, it, it's it it's quite frustrating, actually. Um, well, the the fact that like they do that core four thing and none of them die, despite the fact that like at least two of them become pin cushions. <laughs> uh, the same with Kirby as well. You know, they, they take so much <laughs> beating, stabbings. And at the end of it, they're all just, uh, you're the gonna pull through. And it's like, what, what you're doing here? You know, just inject some stakes into this thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they, certainly not enough people died in this. Um, it's like, what was, you know, what they, they wanted to, ha- to have the cake and eat it. They wanted these moments where big characters die. But also not kill them. They, they can't. Yeah, they, they, but they're also on the table for the next film. Mm. Yeah, and it's... yeah, they did. They did it with everyone. Like, because I thought the scene with Gail was pretty good. I, I like that she put up a decent fight. Um, you know, and it wasn't. She didn't. She didn't get. You know, just blitzed. Um, she, but... you know, she she used the uh, the call return, didn't she, on the phone to. Yeah, it was. It was all... to, to outsmart Ghostface, which no one's done. I really enjoyed. I, I will say, I will say, if there was one bit in it, I really enjoyed was when he, they were talking, and she goes, "Actually, could you just hold and hear him go what?" Just <laughs> really, it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but even she survived, as far as I know, she survives the survives it. So I could only think that maybe yeah, they said, "Oh, she she's going to pull through," and uh, is it is it Mindy? And she she's just on her way down. They've just let her out of hospital. She's just wandering. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to come and be with the uh, the celebrations. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how much more do I need to say? Um, uh, I will say that I quite enjoyed the old movie theater, even though it was a bit stupid. I sort of enjoyed that as a callback. Oh, look at all these different things. Um, although some of them, it seemed really unlikely that they would have them or that they even still existed. Like, why would Stu, this TV that killed Stu still be knocking around? That don't make any sense. Um, yeah, I also really thought when they showed that and they went, oh, if you think he's actually dead. I was like, oh, right, okay. So he's going to turn up and be one of the, the guys at the end then. And it, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's going to lead, I think, lead me on to probably the, the my biggest bugbear in this, in this, because for the first time ever in a screen movie, I got the killers very, very soon. Um, I, I figured it out probably. Well, should we just let's just say who the killers are? The killers turn out to be Quinn, Ethan, and Detective Bailey, and um. There's a moment in it when Quinn says, um, my dad hasn't been right since my brother died. And um, that was it. I knew what was going on. And I still even, even when she was technically killed, still didn't believe that that's what happened. Um, so the, the, the son in question for this one is, is Jack Quaid from the, the last yes, film. Yes, yeah, it? yeah. So I kind of did enjoy that as a, like that throwback to Scream 2, which the, they spoke about, you know, in, in the big, it's a franchise dump, which I was also quite glad about because it just sort of got that bit just in that one scene and 
sort of threw it out the window for the rest of it. Uh, but, but you know, they said, oh, the you know the characters went to college like in Scream Two, and then it was a parent of the last one that's you know uh, the new ghost face, which I thought that was that was quite a nice little uh, Easter egg sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't mind the whole motivation and everything. For me, it was nice actually to not have. Um, oh, it's because of movies. Um, but it was it frustrated me because that's the first time ever that that I that I was that I guessed and I was sure all the way through. Um, and I nearly leaned over to my sister and said um, said to her that I, that I knew it was the detective, but I thought oh, I'm not going to ruin it for her. But actually, because I went to see it with my sister, she said that um, she found the constant because um, Mindy's constantly talking about Ethan being Ghostface. Is it Ethan? Yes. Yeah. And um, she was she was saying she was saying I think the fact that they kept playing on them oh you know she didn't gas it last time or whatever she's like that ruined it for me I knew who who that was who it was going to be him as well so there was a bit of that about it which mine uh, well what put me towards him was that they kept showing how it couldn't be him. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. In, on the train scene, especially, it's like, oh, it, it's definitely not him. So, so obviously, it's it definitely is him. It's definitely him. And <laughs> you know, he he's just one of them. Uh, but it was nice that there were three of them. Uh, again, when when they, they when they said uh, and they were you know they were going through all the previous killers and they were like, oh, uh, scream through. I can't remember the guy's name in it. It's like he was the only one who was the the single ghost face. It wasn't a pair. I thought, well, there's going to be three now, isn't there? <laughs> or there's going to be one again. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um... Yeah, so... Uh, um, I don't know what else we need to say about it. I know we haven't covered a lot of plot, but I think we've said plenty plenty about it. I think, actually, the only other thing that bugged me was there was far too many times where they had Ghostface down and out that, that they should have they should have by now. There were, there were quite a few times they could have been smart enough at to at least finish taken the mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, uh, uh, that was frustrating. Um, but oh no, actually no. I will say, um, just adding this final point. Actually, I did enjoy. I did like the fact that Ghostface this time is a little bit more brutal. Um, it was certainly. It was certainly. Um, a lot more stabby and a lot of quite shooty, in fact, at points. Um, yeah, it was a ghost face that uh, doesn't use the the traditional knife all the time, does it? And it does feel more of a threat because of it. Yeah, you know, it's just like uh, the you know the bodega scene. He just grabs a gun, and it's not okay. Well, I'm just going to chuck that away because I'm a knife guy. He's, no, I'm 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 shooting the place up. Uh, <laughs> There, there is another thing later on, and I've, I've completely forgotten. Uh, you know, he, he basically just uses the ladder uh, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to kill the woman over the drop, which I thought was, again, you know, quite a nice way to do it. You know, I think in other horror films, you know, they, they probably would have just like pulled her in and stabbed her, but instead he's like, no, just shake her off the ladder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was um 
that was it. That was Scream Six. So, um, I suppose uh, we should. I think I asked on Facebook, but I don't think anyone had seen it. Um, let's see what the current reviews are. Um, so it is seven point four on IMDb. 70%, 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't actually know what whether that's... Um, oh, oh, 92% audi audience score and a 77% on the tomato meter. I don't really know what that means. Um, 62% Metacritic, but... Um, and I don't have the letterbox, but I bet I could get it pretty quickly. 3.9! So, pretty well enjoyed. Yeah, I think that, I think it, for, for all the, the kickings that we, we've given it, you know, like I said at the, be, the beginning, I did really enjoy just the time in the cinema. Uh, you know, it, there are quite a few times where it falls into Scream's worst excesses, you know, and, and the, the worst parts of the franchise, but there are times where it showcases the best of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think they're probably quite evenly matched in how they do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, for me, on our three-tier review system, like in terms of the time that, I, you know, the fun time I had in the cinema, I would be leaning towards Creative Psychopath, but I, I know it's not that. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it can't possibly be. So it's, it's a new, it's spooky for me. Um, look, it, it's probably not as bad as I'm making it out to be, but I, I find myself entirely frustrated uh, at guessing the killer. Um, so I'm giving it a shit just for that, um, which I know feels unfair, but I feel a bit cheated by it. Um, but as I said before, I enjoyed a lot of the sort of set pieces. Um, you know, there were good scenes and stuff like that, but I, th I thought sort of overall as the plot and the characters, I was just like, eh, it's not for me. Um, oh, lovely. A lovely Scream 6 ice cream filling, ice cream sandwich. Oh, that's interesting. Um, maybe that's a second joke. Maybe I've done a, t a second joke. <laughs> what is the world coming Amazing. to? What is the world coming to? Um... So the final slice of bread we're going to do, we're just going to do a bit of a what have you been watching, aren't we? Uh, yeah, just to catch up. Mm. I mean, we, we, we've, we've been getting away uh, our episodes because we, we've planned and we've been thoughtful. But this has actually been, what, maybe like two and a half weeks or so since we last actually sat and recorded an episode. Mm. So, so yeah, it feels like it's been forever. And uh, for those of you in the Facebook group, you'll know that I finally surpassed my um, New Year's goal of watching 100 films I've never seen before. I'm now on 110. So you're, <laughs> you're going to be doing the heavy lifting for, for this bit then? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's not that many that I want to talk about. I mean, I've obviously watched films that aren't um, horror movies, and so I don't want to talk about those. So. Um, I'll just dip into a few. Uh, today I watched the 1931 Dracula Universal Monsters. Um, 
Not a good film, that. Um, I think it, it gets, you know, it gets a lot because of the nostalgia and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not a good film. It's got some lovely sets, but like the acting's terrible. Apart from the person who plays Renfield, the acting in it is fucking awful. So no, I don't like Dracula nineteen thirty one. So, but that doesn't mean that I'm giving up on the Universal monsters. I'm going to try and watch some other ones. Um, so there's that. Um, I might get my ass kicked for saying that it's a bad film, but it, it, there's no way anyone can tell me it's a good film. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. Nobody could give me a decent argument for it being a good film. Um, I'm sure of it. Uh, shall I do more? Or... No, I'll keep going. Yeah. I'm, uh... okay. Now, I'm going to include this one because um, I might start doing this on the Facebook group. Um, that if people have seen a film that they're not quite sure they want to watch, then tell me and I'll watch it for you. So I <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, 2010's Atrocious, which was a uh, foreign language, certainly in Spanish. I, don't, I think it might be Mexican, maybe. I probably should know more than that. Found footage film. Chris asked, Chris Wall asked on, on there whether I'd seen it. And I was like, nope, but I'll add it to my list. And not only did I add it to my list, I watched it the next day. And um, it runs in at an hour and 10 minutes. So it's watchable, but it's not doing it's not doing anything for the found footage movie. There's nothing new in there. Um, and um, even at an hour and 10, it probably could have lost a few minutes here and there. Um, so <laughs> what I put, I think, on, on Letterbox was... I'm not recommending it, but I'm not condemning it either. So, um, well, that's quite nice. It's a, <laughs> it's a gentle way to say don't watch something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Um, well, do, you, do you want me to come in? With oh, them, okay. Though? Yeah. So I fairly recently watched uh, Ennis Men. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The new film from Mark Jenkins. Uh, who directed Bait, which was a really fantastic film. And I kind of feel that this is, I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre film just from the off. I mean, trying to understand really <laughs> what's going on is, you know, a bit of a struggle. But it's got this this great feeling about it and the, the sound as well is another one that that really struck with me. Um, again, I would probably say it's it's not going to be for everyone uh, because it's it is so. You know, what I feel with with Mark Jenkins is that he is a guy who I just think loves just mucking around with cameras <laughs> and like you're having fun with the technology. Because I mean, Bait is a film that was made on an, on an old hand crank camera, right. and and he likes to de- develop his film weird as well. And like, I think he develops in coffee and things like that, just just having fun with the techniques. And when he's doing this, I think he just sits around and goes, "Well, in order to to do the thing that I like and mucking around with these things, I'm just going to have to write and direct a film." Right. 
<laughs> and like he did it with Bear, and he's produced a masterpiece. But like this one, I think he's just gone. Well, I can just write any old thing and kind of know what I'm talking about. And I think you're. It feels as if there's like not really any meaning within the film, other than what you attribute to it yourself. So I think if you are going to sit and give it the time of day, the only way that you're going to come out of it with any opinion is the opinion you just give to yourself. Right. It's a you know it's a really strange film in that regard because it just doesn't. Like there's stuff going on and it's vibe heavy, which you know, something we spoke about with You Won't Be Alone. It's a very different film to that, but it's that same kind of vibes. And if you get on board with them, I think you'll enjoy it. All right, okay. I'll add it to my list. Right, what have I got? Maniac, 1980. Put it on on a whim. Um. I wasn't sure what to expect from Maniac. Um, I, w- I was expecting um, basically sort of 80s schlock. Um, and it it's starring it's starring the guy who played, you'll have seen Rocky, won't you? You know, he's got his little mob boss mate, Gazzo. Um, <laughs> it stars him. Um who apparently is quite a character actor, actually. Actually, um, and in the movie, he's sort of he sort of taking women's scalps, um, but it's it's sort of um, it heads down a road where you end up sympathising with him a bit because he's come from a level of abuse that has affected him mentally. Um, and it's really, um, yeah, really so much better than I expected it to be. Um, and on top of that, it's got one of the best head explosions I've ever seen. Um, Tom Savini himself gets his head exploded and it is absolute chef's kiss of a, of a thing. Um, but yeah, as I understand it, it was sort of guerrilla filmmaking as well. They didn't really, they didn't really have any, um, you know, like pass, not passes, you, you know what I mean, um, like permits. permits and stuff like that. So they did make a lot of things on a sort of like, um, there's a really intense bit in it, like a chase through the, um, through like the subway and stuff. But they didn't have any actual permits to film or anything like that. So they sort of did it at night, and uh, it's really, really, it's so much better than I expected it to be, um, and. So yeah, um, I've only got two more I really want to sort of mention, but uh... I'll go. I'll go again because okay. this one I like. I don't know if you've seen these films, so I don't know if you can be the casting vote on it. But I don't really see them as horror, but I have seen them listed elsewhere. So this might just be just a general recommendation if you if we're not classing it as horror, mm-hmm. but because. I went to Greece on holiday. I thought I'm going to watch some Greek films. No. So obviously I sat down and watched Disney's Hercules. <laughs> and uh, then I watched Mamma Mia. Right. Uh, but the, the well, the, the only one that was actually in the Greek language was Dogtooth. Uh, now, I don't think I've seen Dogtooth. You've told me about it, I think, in the past, but I haven't. Yeah. Right. 
I absolutely love Dogtooth. Mm. It is just flat out just insane as a film. Right. Uh, and there, there is like this, this, you know, full overwhelming sense of dread and the whole thing is off-putting. There's something so sinister and troubling just permeating through this whole film. Mm. But at the same time, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's crazy. And I don't know. I, I've, I have seen it mentioned as a horror. I'm not too sure myself, but it is definitely a uh, a recommendation because i think you you definitely should watch it not, again it's not going to be for everyone but i think if you get it you you will get it big time okay and the the other one uh, i watched uh which is against your gosland themos but it is in the uh it's set in america is killing of a sacred deer right so again not you know, massively horror uh, in term you know in terms of a traditional sense, but it's this. This is Kafka esque in its nightmarishness. You know, the the whole film is based around just this one character comes in and without any explanation or any sort of logic behind what he's doing, he just puts this curse essentially on a family. And it's it plays out wonderfully from there. Wow. So again and it's also I believe the first time that we saw uh, Colin Farrell and Barry Keon team up prior to their their dual Oscar losses <laughs> from the other night. Barry Keon especially has gone on to do a lot of uh, stuff since this, but I think this is this is where he really announced himself as a, as a force. You know, he's absolutely brilliant in this. Wow! Well, I've added both of those movies to my watch list, so I'll get round to those pretty soon. Hmm. Lovely. Are you alright if I do three more? Is that is that too many? you do as many as you is want? That too many. Well. I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do two bad ones and one good one, uh, okay. and I'll zip through them. So I watched Fall because it was on Netflix. And, and Fall is the one. I don't know if you know where they climb. They climb like a two thousand foot tower, um, something like that. Um, and they get. Yeah, they, they I'm, get, I'm aware of it. Yeah, I missed it at the, the cinema last year. Yeah, they get stuck at the top. Um, it's got about fifteen to twenty minutes. Like where, especially if you're afraid of heights, where it's got real sort of, you know, I'm glad, you know, you have to keep checking you're actually on the ground, um, <laughs> which is excellent. But the rest of it is just complete bollocks, um, which was frustrating. Uh, so I don't recommend that. Um, and I watched another film on Shudder called The Room. Not Room, The Room. Um, the premise... The, the Room, The, the Room. yeah. The premise of the room, the, the Tommy Wiseau. No, no, not that one. No, um, oh. I have seen that. It's shit. 
Um, Very much so. Yeah. I'm not on. I I'm not in the in. A lot of people say oh, it's so bad, it's good. I think it's just so bad, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> it's just terrible. Um, oh, let's see. Yeah, the room. So in the movie, the room. Uh, a couple move into a house and they find a room. Um, and in the room, uh, they discover that the room can make anything that you want. Um, so you, if you just, the guy discovers it cause he's in there, uh, drinking and he's like, oh, I could use another bottle of this. And it just appears out of nowhere. Um, so then they sort of, you know, use it, uh, for this, that, and the other. And I'm really going through the plot, but, uh, I'm getting there. I'll tell you, <laughs> eventually the woman, the wife uses it to create a baby, but then it turns out anything made in the room can't be taken out of the house. And from there on, the sort of the kid ends up in the room and inside the room, he creates an outside that he can go into. Um, and then, so then the dad character doesn't let him go back in there because he's, because she goes to, her, you know, kids have got imagination. Imagine the things that he could imagine in there, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. Nah, don't do anything with that. Um, and eventually, it's just it just turns into absolute bollocks and chaos, and it's just not worth watching. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that I, I it frustrated the shit out of me that that, that the film can go. Yeah, imagine all the things we could do with this room. Oh yeah, you're gonna do them. We will. We'll just leave it as it is. <laughs> There's no budget for it. <laughs> No, because he's like he could create a dragon in there, and you're like, oh yeah, he definitely could. We are we going to see that? Well, maybe we won't. <laughs> so yes, fun. Um, and so the last one. Oh, which one do I want to pick? Oh, I'm just going to pick two more. Sorry, everyone. I've been watching so many movies. So I watched Sunset Boulevard, which I didn't realize was a horror film, but it is. Um, it's possibly not classically a horror film, but uh, have you seen Sunset Boulevard? Uh, you know what? I haven't. No. All right. Okay. Um, it's it's yeah. I, I, I'm fully aware of its classic status, so I do need need to rectify that. Well, I, you know what? I'm not going to go too far into that because actually, um, I really, really love Sunset Boulevard. I would, I would contemplate adjusting my top ten for that. Um, so I actually don't want to go too far into that. And I also what ha, what ugh, watched whatever happened to Baby Jane, um, with. Who who's in that? I know who's in it. Um Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Um Yeah, there's a there's a whole story with that one. Is there? I don't know any more than I don't know any more than having watched the movie. Um but that movie is tense. Um So uh Betty Davis and John Crawford absolutely hated each other. Oh really? Like in enormously so, uh, they they were hugely petty uh, with each other. Uh, one of them was on the board of Coca Cola or or Pepsi, uh, something like that. And then when they were uh, when they were making whatever happened to Baby Jane, I think it was. 
because one of them was on the board for the big one of the big two cola drinks the other actress stocked the entire set with vending machines from the other <laughs> rival cola place it was just they had this relationship that was just full of things like that and yeah i think they got to the bits in those scenes where they you know, attack each other and whatnot and a lot of that is more real than you would probably uh yeah initially have thought wow. yeah i mean to be fair it's betty davis that does most of the attacking um <laughs> but yeah it's a real um it's a real for me it's a real dip into someone else's into into a psychological sort of break uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of that recently, people having psychological breaks in movies, but I would love us to come back and cover that movie sort of at some point. Because um, it sounds like it's got interesting making of as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. I know I've been whiffling on, but um, I've watched... Next year, I'm going to watch no movies, so that'll be good. Oh. <laughs> just go a whole year without watching a single yeah. one. Make the podcast interesting. Yeah, would, yeah. Well, I just have to ask you what it was like. What was it like? That oh, was all right. Good. Now for the final slice of bread. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there you go. So that was it. That was the slice of bread. Um. So what do we do now? We go home, don't we? We call it a day. We we yeah. We wrap up. We go to bed. We get if you're listening to this in the morning, we're in bed right now. We get scared that I didn't press record, um, which I did then. I just went suddenly very cold, thinking I hadn't pressed record. Um, so yeah, join the Facebook group. I'm going to do that thing. If you re- if you want me to watch a movie so you don't have to, then do that. I am going to set up a watch party soon. I've picked the movie and everything. We're going to watch Chud. Um, okay, which is I think cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Um, so chud, <laughs> so we'll get, I'll get around to organizing a date for that. Follow the Instagram, follow the letterbox time CP podcast. I think CP underscore podcast. I'm not even on it now. CP underscore podcast, and you're Matthew Thornley, right. I am. And and that's it. Should we just go? Should we just I've really my voice is going. <laughs> I say let's call it then. Yeah, all right. All right. See you later. Bye.